Welcome to the George Washington University Business of Sports podcast. We talk about sports, careers, mentors, networking, and a lot more here. And we do the show from the GW campus in Foggy Bottom. I'm Mark Hyman, professor in the sports management program, and my producer is Henry Levy. My guest today is Peter Land, a partner at Finsbury Global Strategic Communications in New York City. Peter has quite a remarkable resume. He's also worked for the Washington Post, the National Basketball Association, PepsiCo, and the Breeders' Cup, among other places. And in our conversation, we talked about David Stern, the creation of the WNBA, being open to new career challenges, and why Peter Land did not go to law school. Peter Land, welcome to GW and welcome to the GW Business of Sports podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, I'd like to ask you a little bit about um, David Stern, who you worked for when you were at the NBA. Uh, tell us a little bit about David Stern as uh, as a boss. Um, he was a great boss in many respects um, because David, uh, I think maybe because he was trained as a lawyer, um, knew how to um, look around corners and, and think four or five steps ahead. Um, and on the one hand, that could be very frustrating because you'd think you have all the answers and he would have one more answer than you did. Um, but I think a, a combination of his, 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 again, his legal background, his intellect, um, he had a voracious appetite for information, um, which when you're in the PR and communication side of the house, that's actually a good thing um, because he, he loved being informed. Um, one of the things I learned from David was uh, uh, to kind of expand outside of your comfort zone. So if you were to ever to ask him, you know, what do you read in the morning um, to get knowledgeable about your job? I think the, the obvious answer to some might have been, well, I read the, the sports section and I read the box scores and I really want to understand what's going on in the game. And David would say, well, I read variety first and then I read ad age and then I read um, business week. Um, and, and he early on figured out that it was not a basketball business. It was a sports and entertainment business um, on a kind of a deeper level. So he wanted to really find out as much what was happening in the entertainment industry that we could maybe bring to the NBA, what was happening in business, what were some of the trends that he was seeing in business that he could kind of bring into the NBA, whether it was mm -hmm. technology, globalization. Um, he had a much, much, his purview was so broad and, and he really you know, took the time to, to kind of uh, learn as much as he could about other areas of business and brought that to the league. Now, now, one of the important aspects of his legacy is the creation of the WNBA. I mean, women's basketball on a professional level really didn't exist in, in a meaningful way until David Stern came along. And you were kind of involved in the in the formation of the of the WNBA. Tell tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So I was I was think being in the right place at the right time. A little bit of luck goes a long way. So um, we chose to start the WNBA uh, on the heels of the women winning the gold medal in Atlanta. Um, and for those of you who kind of followed the Olympics, that was really the the women's Olympics. It was fantastic kind of watershed moment for women's sports in America. I think the soccer team won the gold medal, the basketball team won the gold medal. Um, 
Rebecca Lobo had had that undefeated season at the University of Connecticut. She got a lot of national attention. Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops. So it was it was really one of the the great times of, for women's basketball. So David and and not just David, but the board of governors and and the other senior executives at the NBA thought this is the time. Now, now is the moment um, to really capture this movement that's happening in America. Um, and at the same time. Uh, you know, basketball is popular. Basketball had always been popular as a high school sport for for young women. Um, so, how do we kind of capitalize on 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 the participation trends going up, the interest from the Olympics, um, and, and the fact that women's college basketball is also uh, getting increasingly more popular? So, it was just a perfect storm, um, and it was just a really really exciting time because David um, kind of gave permission to those of us that were working on the WNBA to treat it like a startup inside of a, an established organization. You know, so it's not very often you get the opportunity to work on a startup, but you had, but it was a startup mentality kind of inside the cocoon, you know, of this large kind of well-funded organization. So you could take chances and take risks and do things differently, but you kind of knew you had the backing of the NBA behind you. So there was a little bit of a safety net, but, but I think from a mentality standpoint, he encouraged everybody who was working on it to treat it like a startup, do things differently. Don't, don't be tied to the old way the NBA has been doing things for 50 years, break some new ground. So a little bit earlier tonight, you were telling me about the critical role that you played <laughs> in choosing the color of the the original WNBA basketball. So, tell us about that. Um, sure. So, I, I'm not going to not not me personally. So, so uh, a group of us. So, you know, um, getting back to what you know what I had said before about David kind of giving us the permission to treat it like a startup. We said, why does the basketball need to be the same color as the men's basketball? Why don't we make it something different? Um, and the way we chose to do that was to, you know, test a number of different basketballs in different color schemes and, and uh, different colors and different color schemes. And we did it um, with a group of people who worked at the NBA at Madison Square Garden. We, we uh, went on a Sunday morning when the Knicks and the Rangers weren't playing and a crew from NBA Entertainment was there and we filmed a bunch of executives, NBA, you know, kind of uh, over the hill, you know, uh, former basketball players uh, in many ages and, and shapes and sizes. And we played a game on a five on five on the game and we had NBA entertainment shoot it. And then afterwards, we went back and we looked at the video uh, from the pickup game uh, to say which, you know, which showed up best and which, you know, kind of presented itself uh, on television in the best way. And we chose the orange, uh, the, the kind of the, the orange and white uh, that's the WNBA ball today. Mm. It was a lot of fun playing on the floor of the garden. You know, as a, I mean, I was a Knicks fan. I am a Knicks fan. So, so growing up as a Knicks fan and then actually playing basketball in front of no fans, but still uh, uh, on the floor of the garden was a, was a career highlight. I think. So, you, I mean, your career is is fascinating. You've worked for so many high profile brands in sports and and you know related to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there a lesson? Is there a path that we can can you know take away from your experience in terms of advice that you might give to to young students today? Um, I think kind of try everything is not a bad <laughs> way. Like I, I you know I didn't know frankly what PR was when I got my first PR job, but it sounded interesting. Um, I you know I hadn't worked at an agency before. So I didn't really know what that meant to work for a, a firm, but then I kind of figured out along the way. So I, I think experimenting, you know, and trying things that are slightly outside of your comfort zone, 
um, is a good you know uh, is a good way to look at a path because it's so rare that that career paths are linear anymore. Um, I think they they are kind of jagged, I suppose. So you you might you know be going in a direction and then you get a phone call one day and it says, I know you've been doing X, but how about Y? And it sounds a little scary and it sounds a little intimidating. Um, but that's what makes it interesting too. So I think you, you get the benefit of having kind of a, a wide range of experiences. And I think you have to take some, some risks, you know, some, um, to, to be able to do that. How, how clear an idea did you have about what you ultimately wanted to do professionally when you were graduating from college and starting at the Washington Post, which I believe was your first job as a reporter for the Post. So if you asked me that question in, in March of my senior year, I would have said uh, I'm probably going to go to law school. Um, I had uh, gotten into the University of Connecticut Law School because I had no job prospects. I was a history major, which is basically unemployable. <laughs> um, so that meant, what, what does a history major do that can't get a, a job? They go to law school, or they apply to law school. So uh, that was my intention. And then in April of my senior year, a Washington Post fellow and was on campus and saw an article that I had written for the newspaper and said, hey, you know, you might want to think about, you know, sports writing as a career. And I hadn't for a minute thought about it up until that moment I was going to go into some other you know field or I was going to go into law or I was going to go into business I just didn't think of of sports or sports writing as a career in that moment you know but then I had to decide you know do I I came to Washington and interviewed for the job and and, and was offered a job to essentially be a news aide which is a lot of it was just answering the phone and saying sports and getting you know uh, people from bars calling you at two in the morning wanting to know did Cal Ripken hit a home run in the ninth which they don't do anymore of course right now you can just find it out but at the time the sports department was a repository of useless information so so uh, so I, do I want to do that and cover high school sports or do I want to go to law school? So after about, you know, a solid nanosecond of thought, I chose to go to work for the Washington Post. And that's kind of what started me on a career in sports. But I, I never, that wasn't my intention. I, I, there was no like sports marketing programs. There wasn't, Duke didn't have any classes in sports management or PR or sports marketing. So if you would, as a career choice, um, it was a fluke. Um, I, I did, it wasn't my intention because like, I was getting closer and closer to that scary time of graduation. Mm. So keep an open mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's great advice. Yeah. And, um, you know, it takes you in often in unexpected directions that, that lead to good things. Yeah. And just learn. Yeah, you're going to learn new things, right? So if you try a job that you haven't done before and it's a little bit scary, you know, at, after six months, a year, two years, you will have realized it's like a new muscle that you're exercising and all yeah. of a sudden it just feels better because now you can do more things. How about mentors, Peter? Who, who would you consider um, to be an important mentor in your, in your professional life? I've been so. I have had some of the best bosses. Um, I really believe that. In, in even starting at the, the Washington Post, Lenny Shapiro, who's still uh, still going strong. Um, hope he's listening in Middleburg, Virginia. Um, so Lenny was a great boss. I, I still keep in touch with him uh, periodically. We Facebook message each other. He was uh, uh, he, he was a great friend. Um, I think Joe Starenka was my first boss in a non-sports writing job and and i actually still keep in touch with joe i still call him if i get a job offer if i have a new job offer i have a new prospect i'll call joe and say what do you think about this uh uh so so i mean i I, i've really been lucky i've established 
non-work relationships with with people that I work with in, in a way that you know these are people that I'm I'm friendly with their kids or, or we're friends off the court I guess is the best way to say it we've 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 maintained relationships you know with with a lot of people that I've worked with uh, Julie Hamp was my boss at PepsiCo um, she's a great friend when I was before I took the job at Finsbury I called Julie and said hey what do you think about this um, so I, I think I've been lucky I've had some really really great people and and in each case I've established kind of a uh, we have we had boundaries you know during the work time because they were my boss you know but then subsequent to that uh, I, I tried to keep the relationship so that I could you know um, it wasn't just a, a boss you know a uh, worker relationship it became a, a relationship kind of off the court Rick Welts I think would be another one that I would kind of put on that list. Rick was uh, um, at the NBA. Uh, he, I learned so much from him about business. He, that was really the first job where I, I, I started to learn it, not just about sports writing and PR and journalism. Uh, I think Rick taught me a lot about business. Um, so I, I think I've gotten a little bit of, of uh, special sauce from a lot of different people. So still learning in each job. Still learning. Yeah, I still am. Like there, I, you know, every day, like there's something a little bit different. Uh, you know, I've been lucky this year. I've been involved in a couple of uh, really interesting transactions. I was working on the deal that you know with Sinclair buying Tribune Media, and Tribune Media was a client, uh, and and you know it was a major deal. It was one of the first kind of major deals that I've uh, I've worked on. Um, you know, representing a company that was selling, you know, in a really interesting kind of politically charged environment, you know, and, and what are the implications of that and what did it mean and how did, you know, how do we put together a communication strategy around that? Um, so I'm still learning. Mm. Well, we're really glad that you stopped by GW <laughs> to see us. You, um, we just stepped out of a class today that was really fantastic talking about crisis management. So you are always welcome back here. I don't know, always come back. Thank okay. you for having me. Thank you. Okay.